0: Welcome to In Early, the crypto podcast, where I speak to those at the forefront of the digital asset space, telling real life stories, discussing the growth and growing pains of the industry and exploring how blockchain technology has made an impact on people's lives. My name is Matt Green and I'm the blockchain litigation lead at Shoesmiths. This week I speak to Bijan Bernard, who is the CEO of Lattice Labs, a studio which assists in scaling those looking to enter the Web3 space. We speak about the Lattice Network, described as a network as a service and what that means, as well as its proof of vote consensus, which utilizes artificial intelligence to ensure proactivity in running the protocol and a commitment to eco-focused blockchains. Bijan, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Hi, Matt. How are you? Nice to see you. Good to see you. And you're in Monaco today. I am. I am. Is that where you live? i I do. I'm between here and London. Okay, very nice. I think let's let's just get straight into it. And it's a question that I ask most people at the start of these podcasts, um, and it's about how they got into the the blockchain and web three space. I'd like to know a little bit about your story. so what was your what were your previous roles? I know that you were a technology specialist in Dubai. Tell me a little bit about that and what you did.
1: yeah, so basically, I started in uh, working as technology specialist in the defense sector uh, over five years ago. Um, we were researching and developing different data structures for uh, the Qatari and the UAE government to implement. Um, And I started with um, the block lattice data structure and thoroughly with my team, I understood it very well. And I thought we could encrypt this and use it for civilian blockchain um, as it uses, uh, you know, functionality and interoperability of all networks. It has that function. Allowing also this cross-chain compatibility with smart contracts and data usage. So I thought we really thought it would implement and change the way all networks talk to each other and communicate.
0: So when you were doing that job previously, you were doing blockchain, well, you were working with blockchain technology even back then.
1: Yes, stumbling in and out of it. More data structures, but um, we were obviously researching a lot about blockchain. And, And in the defense sector, it's required... Um, high level, high procedures and protocols for implementation of different s- sort of applications. So, blockchain was definitely uh, something that was very interesting for the for the sector. So, would it be fair to say that you were the you were the tech guy? You were the the brains,
0: the maths, whatever it may be. It, it, I, was to, just... I was one of them.
1: I was <laughs> one of them.
0: One of. Was
1: there a lot of them? There was a few. Yes, there was a few. But great okay. team, great people, great experience, um, and. Um, It's put me, it's brought me to where I'm today.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, let's, let's move on into your, your venture into web three blockchain and itself, Lattice Labs. It may well be useful to go through what your definition of web three is, and then tell us what Lattice Labs does. Um, and uh, to my mind, it's about scaling web three, but maybe if you start with what web three is, and then we'll talk about Lattice Labs.
1: All right. So, well, Web3, as you know, um, it's the next evolution of the internet and the web. Um, and it's, as you know, it, it allows the users to seamlessly take their data across the web, right? Um, the Web3 concept, though, has been out there in existence for the last 20 years, but there hasn't been such a demand for web companies until this recent year uh, to collaborate their data structures using tools and services now that's been developed. Um, so it's, it's, going, it's growing it's scaling every day um it's 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 about collaborating um basically different data sites on on the web and allowing the users to have the seamless journey where they can you know they don't need to sign in at various sites they can take this, not just their data or sign in uh, credentials but actual assets across um site to site yeah i think
0: that's that sort of marries up with my understanding of web3 which is fundamentally that users own the data that they have or the 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 creative output whether it's music or film or or as you say simply data that they actually own it it's not put on a cloud service like web 2 um, and that they can use those uh, data objects um, across different platforms
1: well the independent sites there will still you still have some sort of interaction with cloud support and cloud storage mm. units but you do essentially yes you have this cold data that you do take from site to site which is your main access points your verifiable credentials um what you your your digital assets some tokens essentially a payment Mm -hmm. methods um that don't don't need to be secured on those clouds but you hold them and you you decide where you want to use them on what site.
0: so it provides users with more autonomy over their digital assets and how they use them
1: and this interoperability of not entering your card number twenty times a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It sounds like there's a very personal story which we might have to come on to uh, another day. But it'll be useful to understand in a nutshell what Lattice Labs does then and how it interacts with Web3.
1: So Lattice Labs, I set up now over a year and a half ago. Um, It's a development studio, development um, laboratory uh, for blockchain Mm. and Web3. And um, we we do focus a lot on research and development um, and education, a lot of education. same time um, as we put out this education and we, we we advise these mainstream brands, not startups but main brands um, about blockchain and how they can transition what their current products and services that they provide or offer today um, into the space and tokenize them and then also create. And develop for them, advise and develop how to create a ecosystem that harnesses, embrace all of that, and offers that um, to their to their customers.
0: Is it then a matter whereby you provide essentially Web three services, the integration, the platforms, as you say, tokenization to whoever wants it? That's you
1: provide the tech. Is that right? We do. We provide the the know how and the input of the tech. The tech always varies from from company to company. Um, we, we develop for them, um, -hmm. you know, custom tailored way, method that they obviously see eye to eye that fits the brand or fits the sporting team or fits, um, the way they operate. Um, so yes. And then in,
0: I suppose you've to some extent answered this, but what's your, or, or what's Lattice Lab's mission?
1: Really, really to educate at the moment. There's really this, um very bad look and image about the space through cryptocurrencies and so on and I, I want to stay away from that and I want to really um no one no one really educates properly um what is blockchain and how it works in daily da- daily um different issues in, independently as a user or and for um the brands um so I I, I we simplify the whole procedure in the process and we advise them and how we look at case studies but basically mm-hmm. a sporting team what they have as assets today and what where's their point of revenue and how to really implement that into an ecosystem with utility using tokenized products and services that they can then offer
0: it's interesting right i, I guess we'll come on to the education points later but from from my experience you know you go on to google you type in what is blockchain or what is a token or what's Proof of work, and you do get some websites that are quite good. I know certain exchanges provide information, but it is relatively limited, and sometimes the target of those websites is a little bit muddled. Is it supposed to be for individuals who understand this space or people who aren't necessarily familiar with it? So I understand that there may well be um, a space in the market for real education at different levels. but I, I want to dig into Lattice Labs a little bit more. You, you called it a studio, a blockchain
1: studio. What does that mean? Well, oh, we have, um, we, it's made up of a team made up of um, various developing experts, blockchain experts, uh, data scientists, and we all come together with all different experiences, um, problems, and we link the technologies together and see how we can develop the different processes for the um, daily solutions. Um, Mm-hmm. And and we implement it, um, first advise the companies on how to do so and, and educate them on what those processes are. And then we try to implement. As there's no one else do advising in that, in that level, um, then they do request us to develop the projects. So it's sort of a consultancy, but I,
0: I guess maybe the word studio is used to cover the fact that there are different kinds of uh, practices and professionalisms that when put together, feed into something that is more unique. It's more encompassing.
1: Exactly. And then, then again, also we developed our layer one. So Lattice Labs built this layer one we'll get into, um, and, and our, then the various Web3 products, So we have a Lattice backpack, which is your, essentially your data backpack that you take across the web holding, that's a nice analogy.
0: Yeah, I might use that in the future if you don't mind as a, as an analogy for how for how Web three works because essentially it does give you the ability to portal your data because you you essentially hold it, use it, um, and you're able to use it across different spaces. Um, I've just I had a look at your white paper, um, and when I say your white paper, um, it's the one that I'm going to include um, in this uh, podcast in in the extra sort of reading around it. It notes that. Um, You empower web three enabled businesses by creating digital assets, tokenizing real and digital assets, assist with supply chain management and institutional finance, assist with healthcare, artificial intelligence, and central bank solutions, just to name a few. So is Lattice then fundamental proprietary technology, and is it designed to sit behind a variety of different industries?
1: Yes, well. Um, Lattice Labs is not. Lattice Network, the developed um, the framework, is definitely um, okay. it's def- Very different to other any other uh, has a different consensus to any other uh, other chain out there or network. Um, it's 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 definitely the the first network of networks that allows this interoperability of digital assets, and this is allowing communication between um, multiple ecosystems which will be then used now um, in the future, hope to see soon, very cool uh, metaverses.
0: So it's the ability for different platforms, different Web3 spaces, whatever they may be, to um, interact with each other, no matter whether there's two, three, or millions. You're you're almost like a bridge between them.
1: Absolutely, correct, absolutely. Archeofences mechanism is what really stands out and makes it all happen.
0: Okay, and I think... um, we're going to come on to some of the more detailed um, indoor wording of your um, uh, white paper shortly, um, but just looking at um, the network. So the Lattice Lab, sorry, the Lattice Network, you describe in your white paper as a network as a service. What does that mean?
1: So it's the first um, nonprofit network as a service. It is there for building and implementation of the, all these WebS3 products that we, we hope to see soon. Um, So it's open source. It allows everyone to build on it and have the same features from one to another. Nobody has, um, less than another. We have a lot of tools also that help the development of those platforms. If so, um, it means gives the means to people, to companies to build themselves. So it's an open
0: source, not for profit. So is this for you personally, is this a project? Is this a business?
1: Um, actually it's, um, it's a concept, it's a concept, um, allowing business to grow, allowing business to take part on, um, a fluent space and allowing uh, this, this non-competitive, um, you know, uh, communication between all sorts of technologies. Okay. And I, I just
0: want to dig into a little bit more about the Lattice Network, um, and just to sort of read from your website and the, the white paper. It says, the Lattice Network is a scalable and eco-friendly layer one blockchain that achieves high throughput and offers compatibility with Ethereum and virtual machine and all other major blockchain networks. So I just want to break some of this down for, for um, people who may not be familiar with some of these terms. So um, it's a, you say it's scalable and eco-friendly. Let's take each of those points in turn. How is it scalable and how is the network eco-friendly?
1: Well scalable in, in in the sense that it has this interoperability, right? Which we'll go into when we go into the consensus, I'll explain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um with understanding for the public. Um, the eco-friendliness, it requires no mining at all. It has no mining, it has um its consensus is a POV. So it's a voting arbitration of different um uh necessary uh, parties or nodes within our network and consortium of other networks uh, that allow everything to work together. So when you say eco-friendly,
0: and when you talk about mining, it's about not using more energy than necessary in order to create, or in order to mine, or in order to um, create
1: tokens. I mean, how does it work? Correct. So there's no, there's not the the extensive computing power required. Um, for a certain other consensus proof, proof of work proof of stake um, it also it requires uh, the, the speed the speed is there allowing multiple transactions to occur with the same amount or the the minuscule of power computing power required for others um, it has no requirement to have nodes or um, computers running to have the network it can be offline, all computers can be offline and essentially still there as a data lattice structure, data structure in a sitting in the cloud. So either it being, being people or all the users being offline or online data and the structure consists of the same principle.
0: So it doesn't matter whether computers are turned off or on. It doesn't matter whether humans exist on or, or not, because the network is, is remains i suppose it 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 sits there whether people interact with it or not
1: yeah it's very similar to your with your mobile phone if you have your sim card inside but your phone is off you're not going to receive any calls but the calls still do come okay you still be left with the voicemail.
0: okay no, that's a that's that's a very smart way to put it i suppose so you can have it offline but it still operates in that way there is still something There's still time,
1: data yeah. yes
0: so what is uh, one of the other phrases that um, we picked up and spoke about just before was layer one blockchain. What does layer one mean in, in this context?
1: So layer one means it has its, its own data structure. It does not use any other um, so data sources. It, it creates its own framework. So the framework sits in its own bed. It has, requires no output. Um, it's not a fork essentially so you have layer twos and layer threes that are forks of other blockchain or hybrids using the same protocols but essentially changing the trans- the computing power or the amount of um nodes that allow to validate at the same time
0: so does layer one then mean it's, the, it's sort of the first one of its kind it hasn't been changed by any third party and then i suppose layer two three etc are possibly blockchains or technology that sit above that that maybe amend the protocols change it in some way or build up upon it so you, your, your data set
1: is the first of its kind um first of its kind of ours there's other blockchains which are layer one um as well so um it's just essentially um it's our own frame and is that
0: proprietary is that something that you guys have developed or is it or is it not
1: We've yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's developed. It's developed. It's owned by the Lattice uh, Network Foundation. And just to pick up on some of the other um,
0: phrases that we went through just before, it says it's it's compatible with Ethereum and Virtual
1: Machine. Can you describe what that means? So, so if we go into let's go into the consensus mechanisms, and then I can and then it will elaborate that. Um, you know, um, we all know this. Uh, Our first public application for blockchain technology is Bitcoin, uh, which surfaced in 2008. Um, BTC's secure hash algorithm, which uses proof of work, sorry, proof of work. Uh, Proof of work is a consensus that, you know, the mechanism requires, its it's protocol requires nodes, aka miners, uh, to spend all their computational power and electricity um, in order to generate the new block on the chain but only after certain amount of power used and worked with, the miners then can uh, prove the smart contract is valid. Okay? Um, the, the, these miners, obviously, they receive uh, the transaction fees as a reward, um, essentially, to uh, use their computational power. And that's what the mining is all about. And then you have, obviously, proof of stake, which, you know, uh, other types of consensus. is another type of consensus mechanism. Um, it's used to validate Spark contracts as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's used by Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Solana uh, Polkadot. Um, that's this me- mechanism is a protocol that decides the, uh, the nodes, aka users, uh, with a substantial amount of tokens, to to then behind become um, uh, validators by staking um, a substantial amount of of token on that network, and the the chain chooses them as a validator, delegates them as a validator, um, to to add the new blocks on chain. And these validators, they also are rewarded uh transaction fees um um for initially staking that money for to validate as uh, staking those tokens to validate uh the, the the blocks, the new blocks on chain.
0: When you say staking, for those who may not understand, what does that mean? Because it isn't necessarily too different potentially from from putting your money up for gambling and sort of saying that here's some money I'm willing to risk. So can you just go through, um, before you talk about um, the next type of consensus with proof of vote, just tell us what staking is.
1: So proof of stake is basically um, the users with the substantial amount of token, they put up a collateral, like initial funding for mm-hmm. the gas fees and the transaction or the, a contract to be written in the new block. And depending on how much collateral these nodes or users put up, they get chosen to validate that transaction and get that reward at the end. So they're rewarded for that initial collateral. So your interest, their interest back on their initial collateral. put. So
0: they're they're rewarded for taking that risk by putting that collateral up. Correct. So then the next sort of layer of this or the next step is what? Lattice Networks is run by, which is proof of vote consensus. Um, can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So proof of vote, is very new, very cool. It's a high performance consensus, obviously, uh, based on a vote mechanism used by a consortium of interoperable layer one blockchain, uh, Lattice Networks. Um, the PPOV is also another consensus mechanism, um, the protocols Coordinates, um, coordinates, and distributed nodes, aka users, um, of si- significant authority, um, controlled by all chains. As as Lattice Network is a network of chains, um, integrated nodes of other chains can are are consist inside Lattice Network. Um, then, obviously, the integration of uh, these these significant authorities um they they vote um on chain um to decentralize the arbitration of the end result of the block so basically the the consortium of chains integrated to the lattice network will become this a decentralized arbitration by voting
0: so can you allow third parties to vote on your behalf is it sort of coming is is it sumos psychiki? Having votes in a company where you where you can, when you can send them to third parties, how does it work in that respect?
1: The, well, the key of the voting is to establish different security identities uh, for chain participants, uh, so that the submission and verification of the blocks uh, are decided by the consortium partners. Voting is like a, it's like a league of different networks, uh, such as Ethereum, right? Ethereum, would Ethereum assets are able to use on the Lattice network. So a validator, which is a node of Ethereum mm. that re- is rewarded in the proof of stake, that is a very significant authority in that Ethereum transaction. So amongst that Ethereum, within that Ethereum transaction, the, uh, that specialized party that's on that Network will be chosen to vote on behalf of that transaction. If it is a Bitcoin or another, consortium's uh, method, then a miner would be involved as in the voting practice.
0: Okay. So let's, let's sort of take it back to the question, which we sort of hopped over, which was the word in which you said it was compatible with Ethereum virtual machine. Now that we've gone through the proof of vote
1: consensus, how does that then link back to what we were talking about? So, um, as it's a network of networks. It has it's EVM compatible, so EVM is the most built on today chain um, with multi multi DApps, Web three products. Um, It we allow all assets from not just EVM compatible um, blockchains, but all assets from other blockchains within the Lattice network. Right, so anybody that is on ethereum and wants to use hold their digital assets mm-hmm. now in a chain where it's compatible with others um they can use that take their assets too from ethereum metaverse and bring it to lattice network and then all the platforms that are running on lattice network will have access to ethereum products uh, assets uh polka dot assets btc assets and so on so you all you have to do is prove that you have voting
0: rights elsewhere or that you have assets elsewhere and that gives you rights across different chains. Is that the point? It gives it gives the accessibility to hold one kind of asset and yet to contribute to a completely different asset
1: or blockchain. Correct. Absolutely. In the proof of um, um, stake mechanism consensus, um, it requires a specialized authorities, which are the validators, that specialized mm-hmm. authorities. Are the same consistent authorities that will be used in an Ether asset transaction on the Lattice network. Now we also developed um, the AI part. So essentially, instead of uh, waiting for the, these specialized parties to um, put up this collateral um, for the voting for the voting process of an Ethereum asset, this of their staking process, um, we the AI. Uh, analyzes the blocks before and can really determine who are those specialized parties that are going to take part in the new creation of the blocks before they do so. So the role of the
0: AI is to determine what assets people have and the operability of how those assets could be used. Is that right? It's it's sort of proactive to determine what assets people have.
1: Yes, and based on those holders, those users, what's their past history in staking, computational power, um, interaction uh, with with different platforms. So the AI implements um, a different overlook, um, allowing to predetermine what and who is best fit to create the new blocks. So what would stop the AI essentially
0: choosing the same parties over and over again? Because I appreciate that there's a difference between machine learning and AI, right? And if it's sort of based on a machine learning style, then it will look at what has happened in the past to consider how to act in the future. So if it determines that a particular party is best suited, given the fact that it's being proactive, surely that would enable the same parties to be preferenced in the future again? Or has the AI been designed to ensure that there is a slightly more democratic or or variability in who's chosen?
1: No, so it, it all depends on if it depends on the consortiums or the networks. Part of the consortium uh, of blockchains mm. within Atlas Network. Um, again, we we I can't we can't control or determine what um, wallets will act on today or tomorrow. But based on um, track record and based on um, constant interaction with the network. There is a really precise determination, um, allowing who sees fit at that day. There's, uh, there's millions connected to each of the networks. So, yeah. and there's millions of transactions happening per second. So it's, it's not possible for, you know, to consistently choose the same, same validator. But um, it does happen. Of course, it does happen. And uh, for those, for example, that are, are part of staking pools they with large amounts of, of uh, staking collateral, um, they likely get chosen, especially if they're signers signed together with uh, certain um, exchanges and so on. Well, that's what I was wondering, because there's,
0: if there's a certain staking pool, which has a certain strategy that the AI prefers, then it may well be that they keep getting chosen. But I guess it may well be that because so many people are interacting, there may be, depending on the transaction, uh, sorry, depending on the way um, that people want to transact, that they are um, looking for a different kind of history,
1: a different kind of um, ability to trade and a different kind of balance, potentially. There's always the opportunity for uh, any new validator to really become, uh, be part of the the, the blocks. Um, you know, there is, there's, there's never, there's there's no one stopping that. Um, there's, uh, there's access to everyone and hopefully more and more, uh, as we bring in the hope and educate more people into the space. So I guess to some extent
0: we've covered this because my next question was going to be, why is it designed to be proof of vote? And why is that better? But I think, and, and hopefully you can add to this. To my mind, from what you've said, it appears as though the proof of vote gives access for people to interact with different asset classes despite owning others is that
1: right correct in, in a way absolutely but also it uh, it requires no um it allows the voting process is an arbitration of multiple assets so this interoperability that is required for the interoperability so if, if you matt want to um you you, you want to send a digital asset from ethereum uh to on your lattice net through your lattice network backpack to another user um using lattice network it allows Mm -hmm. that user um to receive that asset regardless um of him holding different assets um from other chains and 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 the voting process allows us to re-enter connect to the nodes ethereum holds, um get that specialized uh validator and and to validate that transaction much quicker than ethereum does themselves right okay so it's all about speed to some extent as well speed and so we can move on to the next block basically so i
0: was reviewing your white paper and one of the one of the things that i noticed was um, there are some mentions of specific mathematical points which are far beyond me and, and sort of fall more into your realm um, there was one that i wanted to pick out just so i could understand what it was all about um So what is 5Lemma? What role does it play in the Lattice Network? And can we sort of break it down for more simple people like me?
1: Of course, Matt. So um, the blockchain 5Lemma is our Lattice Network's compass for the future of distributed ledger technologies overall, um, which is a balance between speed, security, scalability, computational effectiveness, and being eco-friendly. And it's a bit of an improvement from uh, ethereum's founder vitalik buterin's quadrilemma uh, which he came out with um comparing five lemma to other blockchain operational uh protocols it's required um to optimize all five pillars of those those five things i just mentioned um mm-hmm. for the future of blockchain unlike other chains um consensuses um, where it's not possible to optimize all five of those features uh, without you know uh, trade certain trade-offs of one of them or two of them uh, for example distributed ledgers such as bitcoins bitcoin um sha uh, has arguably strong uh, a protocol for decentralization and security but gives up speed and scalability uh, and a result of being really eco-unfriendly so you can't there's never been all at once and it's i we believe at let's labs this network that all five of those um, requirements features are the backbone for a successful blockchain going forward so it's a matter of understanding what's important
0: to each project so as you say bitcoin was about security but it may be a bit slower and then the ethereum network may have different priorities you've identified five of those and those are the features that underline exactly what uh lattice network is about
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, it achieves, uh, like the decentralization security through chosen permission factors, a next generation consensus protocols. Um, anyone can join and leave the network at any time and all nodes are always intact and equal, which is the most important, um, for us to run, uh, really scale operation for the brands and companies that are going to be using this interoperable framework. So, when I typed into Google yesterday, uh, Five Lemma,
0: and I saw lots of mathematical things, actually, um, I was mistaken. Five Lemma is about principles rather than about hard maths. Is that right? So, I've got that wrong from, from my Google search.
1: Perfect. Just simple uh, principles that make it really work and make it successful in the long term.
0: And could you just state what they are again, just for clarity?
1: Of course, scalability, uh, speed, uh, security, computational effectiveness, and being eco friendly. The eco-friendly thing is, is
0: I think, one of the uh, key issues in, in dealing with uh, networks going forward. Um, I'm not necessarily sure how Bitcoin is going to um, sort of come out of um, what it does um, in a different way to uh, appear more eco-friendly. I know that there's different um, operations to use sort of biofuels to fuel computers, etc. But to your mind, is eco eco-friendly, is that... The main focus or are each of those five things equally important
1: they're equally important scalability is important be able to develop and being open um a network as a service uh, that's definitely very key for the communities and, and brands uh the speed obviously is super important uh, as we can validate blocks and get onto the next block um that's re- that helps the scalability work and we have that fluency um then obviously the security is Required the security, that all of this malicious acts are uh, used, the, that's how our voting process really determines and removes that those malicious acts on the network, of people validating or lending collateral to nodes to become those validators. So we really thought of every um, issue that the current chains and networks are having today. And sort and, and uh, not 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 kicking them out, but al- creating a framework that allows the usage of those digital assets from those chains, but in a safer, faster, quicker environment. No, that that seems
0: to make a lot of sense. Um, and if they're treated uh, equally, um, then it'll probably have uh, certainly a wide application. Sure, sure. I want to I want to move on to the the lattice token. Uh, usually when projects um, like this come around, there is a specific token with governance rights and it has a market value and is traded. So looking at the Lattice token, is it in circulation? What rights does it hold? Is it listed anywhere? What's its value? What's its
1: purpose? I just want to get an understanding of what the Lattice token is about. So as a just Lattice network, it's at the moment it's in um, testnet and we only developing a um, for developing and the services only, the network's only being used by partners and brands at the moment in better stages as we develop and get them, uh, running. Um, so the lab token is basically, it is the native token that we essentially will use, uh, in the future, uh, as a pavement system for verifying those blocks for other networks as they the consortium, um, communicate together. Um, it does not achieve any volatile value like other native coins, um, as its value just increases and decreases subtly as the the network has the, the usage of the network grows and increases on a daily basis, which is normal. Maybe on a Saturday there will be more fluency. Uh, at the moment, in the future, as we we hope to have multiple brands that have already a large following that gonna you know big teams that have a low sports teams for example that have. Fans, mm-hmm. no matter what day of the week it is, accessing their services, then that the network uh, usage is super is very high. The value would increase, but would not. It, it's not a volatile in, in, increasing or decreasing effect. It is a scaling as people uh, are using the network in a in a in a in a seamless way.
0: So the token is designed to be held at a value of. The network and of your project rather than a market value of trading that's the point so the better the more interactions people have with the network the idea is is the value of the token will go up it's not about the the it's not about uh, necessarily how often it's being traded in the open market
1: no not at all um it will not be listed as well it will not be listed on any market or any exchange it's only solely purpose is an internal uh, method payment system for verifying the blocks as the people verify the blocks, um, more, more interaction with the network, there'll be more blocks to be required to be verified. And that's in that sense, there will be more tokens. Uh, the value of the token will increase depending on the usage.
0: So who is supposed to be owning or holding these tokens?
1: So the, the, the network as uh, the community um, holds the, no- the, the, the nodes, hold the tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be purchased or used as a payment method once validated. Um, it can also be a medium ex- payment medium between two tokens on the platform or a interoperability between two platforms on the platform. Um, essentially, you might not hold a lattice token, but you hold a wrapped version, um, meaning a branded version of that token for a partner or a client that, a brand that builds and uses the uh, their token on their platform. Is, is it a
0: bit in that sense then, just from my mind, it sounds a little bit like uh, what Socios were doing, whereby they were creating a token for specific uh, uh, football clubs and then that was their sort of fan token. Is that how you see it or is it different from that? Um, bit
1: different, um, a bit different, a bit different. Um I we believe we believe that every brand regardless of being sport or retail they have their own name and their own branding mm-hmm. and their own mm-hmm. ecosystem um we believe that those ecosystems should always stay apart because they're all unique to themselves um yeah. LVMH has started in the last 2 years dabbling into um having their own um blockchain mm-hmm. or their own hybrid chain um but this chain the token orium token is used uh, across their brands and you know every brand is unique to themselves and has a different following so we believe that um each ecosystem should have its own token a token that is not speculative not on the market primary mm-hmm. similar similar factor like the lattice the lat. Uh, that's on the lattice network and it stays and pur- it's purchased only with fiat within their ecosystems okay. and once well, the, the token is used to purchase digital assets and the interoperability of this these digital assets is that's what we're looking for this is where that's where we want to see the future we want to see um someone use an asset from one brand and take it into a metaverse of another and hold it, take it, take it with you in your backpack and just change your shirt when you want to on your avatar that not required, required to be that shirt from the same ecosystem, if you may. So the backpacks
0: actually, again, building it as a good metaphor. I want to talk the sort of last bit of this, um, uh, podcast, I want to talk a little bit about education, which is to some extent where we started. Um, I understand a large part of what you do is education and making sure that the public are aware of use cases for blockchain. So can you describe some of the use cases for blockchain that people might not necessarily know?
1: Well, um, daily life, I mean, we, we, every day we're ordering food, we are eating, we're sleeping, we're using apps on the phone, date usage. Um, people also want to know more about, uh, data about their bodies and about, uh, the foods they eat and what they're buying. Um, you have a lot of AI aff- applications that are reading this data and, and telling the users what they should be buying what they should be eating and so on um so blockchain definitely being able to tokenize every frame of that data instead of uh, uh, just creating that data and allowing companies to hold it and use it for um, other products and selling those selling to other other uh, other companies um, but to tokenize the supply chain from when, um, you put on your shoes in the morning, which are also tokenized to, um, eating open, then going opening your fridge and grabbing a, a bottle of water, which is tokenized because from the source, the amount, the amount of liters, um, that have been bottled for that specific bottle is tokenized. And we can follow the chain until you drink it and then apply that to the data, your health data, um, from ordering things online and understanding, the, the times and delays and why it's it says it's stuck at Heathrow or stuck there or it should there should be reasons for all delays and those delays and problems can be also tokenized based on physical attributes that are are valid and maybe a plane is delayed or uh, there's a strike or so on so a lot of a lot of attributes to daily life um can be tokenized and really allows this this, this understanding is seamless of the, how the world works at, On a daily basis and it's just really giving a value to every data structure or a data point that is or understanding um of of mechanisms in daily life as well it is is it a different way then to
0: interact with data or data sets to ensure that there is an immutable understanding of maybe where products come from so you you know you you referenced food I know that certain uh, companies use blockchain to understand supply chains. So you understand exactly where items have come from and their provenance, um, as well as transport and and the movement of goods, whereby blockchains are used to deal with um, the movement of those goods across the world so that those data sets can be understood more efficiently. Is that the sort of idea that you have?
1: Yes, absolutely. And then specifically the actual uh, items that are being moved. So. From the healthcare system, vaccines, um, medical supplies, which are multiples, from physical to liquids, so so on, and where they're uh, manufactured and how they're put in different um, different um, uh, place uh, vo- uh, vials and uh, um, transportation uh, species, um, and who does who has who has. Um, bottled this who has packaged this and their and their costings those people everybody in the supply chain what is cost for those three employees that day on that day to come in to work and pay pay uh pay for the travel to get to work and to bottle that and it's it's about really understanding deep 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 which we which the ai is now learning every day to provide the simplified data out of it for us to you know the average person to understand but but really keeps track and gives a value to everyone and every action in on our planet today and th- this is bu- this is a future that i would love to live in
0: where provenance is perfect and where you understand where everything is at any one time that has lots of good thing co- good connotations and, and and bad i guess um i just have one last question for you which is about Uh, more about education and it's about how are you looking to educate people and get your message across. Um, I understand you've done a
1: children's book. I mean, is that one example? Yeah. So we, we do, we've, Lattice Labs, we've written a series of children's books for adults to teach our younger ones. Um, as it's, it's, this technology is growing every day, uh, in, in a simplified and very, uh, child-friendly way, just educating, um, children with, narrative uh fictional characters but using non-fictional information um also we we provide um for free um four times a week on every platform um educational videos for different things that we've talked to about today um and different segments of the technology and some news of how countries are integrating and big companies are integrating blockchain solutions and we also put Together, courses that are sold on our lattice shop, which we have merchandise and um, course of courses that you can pay and and have quizzes uh, at the end of and get a certification on your expertise in blockchain, um, and many other features. And uh, I, I I try to help um, schools, uh, talks, and in in in, mm. in local schools and local universities and online and talking with you and. Um, trying to get the word out and trying to really simplify, um, the understanding and really get people away from being scared and understanding that it's actually a positive solution. So it's about building confidence. It's about marketing. And I
0: guess, uh, what sits above that is, is education. Correct. Thank you Bijan. Really appreciate the time. Thank you very much for coming in today. Um, very educational, um, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon.
1: Thank you, Matt. Lovely to see you again and speaking to you soon.
0: Perfect. Thank Thank you. you. This podcast
1: does not contain
0: any financial or legal advice, and you should not seek to rely on it as such. Opinions are the individual's own. This podcast was produced and edited by Joe Hawkins and music by Luke Carey. Thank you for listening and see you next time.